Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm Amy Frost. Now, I feel like I need a drum roll because today my guest is five times Paralympic equestrian champion and five time European champion, Natasha Baker. She's going to share her story of reaching her dream from being a 10 year old little girl that wanted to become a Paralympic champion to the day she met the Queen. So it was really hard for me to keep a secret. I'm terrible at secrets. Like, I just want to tell the world, especially when it's good news like that. This is Horse Hour. Welcome to the Horse Hour podcast. I'm so excited about today's guest because I've been dying to speak to her for ages. Her name's Natasha Baker and she won gold at the Paralympic Games in Rio 2016 along with a whole heap of other gold medals, silver medals and championships. Natasha, how are you? Hello, I'm really good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good, thank you. My goodness, when I'm when I'm looking at our guests and I'm thinking, right, okay, how can I introduce them in the beginning? I normally take a couple of lines just to go, this is who they are. But your couple of lines, you have just done so incredibly well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I can't still quite believe it myself. It's all a little bit surreal. Is it? Does it feel like that? Because Rio was nearly two years ago now. Does it still feel a, a bit of a dream yeah it it really really does like um you know I can kind of shut my eyes and transport myself back to the London games but you know that was such a long time ago two years ago and, and time just goes so quickly like, I just can't believe it and I think mm. because we've always got a goal and we've always got a competition that we're striving to go to next I think that's what makes time go so so quickly and like one games finishes and then you're already thinking about the next one so I think yeah that's just why it it just goes so quickly let's just really take this into account and uh, this this explains when you're talking about the next competition in 2011 you got first and you won gold at the European Championships but then for the rest of the year you also got two gold at the European Championships both in individual and freestyle in 2012, you won two golds. In 2013, you won three golds. In 2014, you won gold. Every single year, you're winning a medal, two or three medals. For most people, winning one medal is the ultimate. And they aim and they strive for that their whole lives and they never get it. So for you to be repeatedly winning medals time and time again, 
how do you well, I want to say how do you do it but how do you keep <laughs> up with that momentum um I just I just want to win more um I guess I'm just really really greedy maybe <laughs> um but I I love the feeling of standing on the podium you know I, I love the feeling of just going out into the arena and putting all of my hard work for that year into practice and showing the judges what I've been doing and hopefully getting the best out of my horse and you know I think the the medals are kind of like bonus like the cherry on top I guess um I just absolutely love competing and I'm so fortunate that I've had incredible horses um and I've got really good relationships with them that I've been able to carry that on but yeah I just absolutely love competing what is it about it do you think that you love so much um, I've always had a passion for horses. Like growing up, my mum was horsey. I was brought up around horses on the family farm. Um, I, I've always just wanted to be around them and they've always come first over absolutely everything else. Like even growing up, I did everything that normal children do. I, I played the piano, I played the violin, I did swimming lessons, I went to brownies and, you know, everything kind of stopped for riding like if if there was a chance of a riding lesson I would give up all of the rest of it to go and ride um and I think that's always been in me and I think the relationship that I have with my horses is incredibly special obviously having a disability I think you have to build up an even stronger partnership with the horses I think you know because we can't move out of the way quickly we have to change our aids slightly to be able to ride them I think it's just those little things that create a stronger partnership um, and I just love mm. teaching them new things and working with them and then the competing side like if if the Paralympics didn't exist and if para dressage didn't exist I would still be riding I just love it um, whereas the competition side I am extremely competitive um, I can't play board games <laughs> without like arguing with my family um, but you know that side really appeals to me too. Natasha how old are you? I'm 28. Oh so you're still a baby and, and you've I achieved. I don't feel like it. <laughs> You are, you are. Um, and and to, to achieve so much um, so young is really quite incredible. When you, can, can we talk about your disability? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, would you mind explaining like, like how, what, what happened? Because you contracted a virus, didn't you, when you were a baby? Yeah, so uh, I was born able-bodied. I was actually born without a thyroid, which gave me a really low immune system. And so when I was 14 months old, I caught a virus called transverse myelitis, uh, which they think is because of my lack of immune system. Um, and it basically attacked the cells around my nerves and my spine. So in kind of in English my my nerves just crushed in my spine mm. um, so I have limited sensation in my legs I have no sensation in my feet whatsoever it kind of gets worse as it goes down um, I have really bad balance I can't really walk very long distances um, I have to have a wheelchair or a scooter um, and yeah it just I can't use my legs at all when I'm on a horse so I have increased tone in my legs which is what keeps me upright 
right and able to walk short distances but as soon as I'm on a horse because my legs are hanging they are useless. Gosh first of all I don't even know how you deal with that because I can't balance at the best of times on a horse but let alone <laughs> with having no balance how how do you because all all riding is about your core strength and is about balance so how do you manage that? Yeah so I had an accident when I was a about I think I was about 10 and I fell off and my foot got stuck in the stirrup and I was dragged and luckily I was um, uninjured and it wasn't too bad but we decided from then on to just take my stirrups away because they were too dangerous so ever since then I guess from riding with no stirrups since I was like nine or ten years old I've just built up a really really strong core and I do all of my riding without stirrups so although um I, I do have limited balance on a horse. I have, if, if somebody came along and poked me while I was standing up, I would be a sack of potatoes on the floor. Whereas on a horse, I think, I, I don't know. I think because I've got my leg either side and I am strong through my core, um, that's what keeps me upright. But I have a strap that goes from both D-rings on the front of my saddle. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but it's called my holy crap strap. Um, (laughs) no we've all got one of those (laughs) one that you grab onto exactly and so I use that for my medium trots um, because obviously they're quite bouncy um, and and if I lose my balance I can just grab onto it quickly but obviously I have had some falls you know but I would rather fall off quickly and you know quite easily rather than getting stuck on because of a stirrup absolutely and that didn't traumatize you being dragged with a stirrup no I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie honestly I, I can't tell you how many times I've fallen off and my mum always used to say you have to fall off seven times and get back on eight to become a good rider well mm-hmm. I lost count after about 17 18 so yeah I, I, I you just get on with it and you know like you can walk out your front door and something could happen to you you can't think like that can you Absolutely. And how amazing is your mum to be allowing you to do this for so long at such a young age as well? Because it must be quite scary for her seeing her baby fall off a horse. It's it's hard for any parent, but... I hate the word disability, Natasha. I really struggle with it because I think actually you are you are more capable and more able than most of us. In fact, I think we could learn, I could learn loads from you in terms of taking my stirrups away and, and riding so softly and gently and you really look at one with the horse. Thank um, you. But you're, you know, for coming from my mummy head, I'm thinking, ah, it's hard enough when a baby falls off a horse anyway, at least they can roll out of the way, but you can't do that. Yeah, I'm, I guess my mum always used to ride and so she understands the risks involved and, you know, I think, I think she was really brave I guess to allow me to do it but I think Mm. she realized that it was my passion and she maybe saw some talent in there I don't know but when I was 10 I said that I wanted to win a Paralympic gold medal and I'm the kind of person that if I say something like that like I I have to achieve it Um, and so I think she realized that I was really dedicated and you know that was my dream so she wanted to support me the whole way. 
Oh, what an amazing lady. And she has. (laughs) And you've done it, which is great. And what about the rest of the family? They they must be super supportive. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so lucky. I have got the best family in the world. Obviously, I grew up on my grandparents' farm. So my my nan, my granddad, unfortunately, is no longer with us. But my nan is so, so supportive. Um, You know, both, you know, coming to look at the competitions and coming to watch me, but also helping me out on the money side of things as well. When my granddad was alive, he was taking me at the drop of a hat to riding sessions because I started at the RDA and I didn't have a regular slot. But because I lived so close, we basically said, look, if if somebody doesn't turn up for their lesson, just call us and we will be there within 10 minutes. And my granddad literally just used to drop everything and take me for my riding lessons so I'm so so lucky that they're so supportive and then my dad he is like the chief trucker um, and he (laughs) he takes me to all of my competitions and yeah he's uh, the video man as well and then my other half has now got involved as well so yeah I'm so lucky it's a real family thing and we've got liveries at home as well and my mum and dad run the the business side of things as well so yeah I'm so so lucky my dad wasn't horsey before he met my mom and she's kind of made him horsey I think um she needs a medal because she's done well because most of them they'll just they'll look at the horses and say oh they cost a lot of money but I'm gonna go and watch the football or something yeah so for, for her to actually be able to get him involved in it is amazing I think he loves it like he he's always said that he wanted a Bentley he's massively into his cars and mm. every week they're watching the Formula One like they they both really love it and um, my dad used to race as well so he he's massively into his cars and obviously being competitive as well I had stood no chance of not being competitive with my mum like that and my dad like that um but uh but yeah I uh I, he always said that if I he had a boy that it would be a barn full of cars but I'm a girl so it's a barn full of horses <laughs> fair enough and, and and with you mentioned the RDA how instrumental have they been to your career Oh, massively. Like, I wouldn't be where I am now if it wasn't for the RDA. Um, I used to ride beforehand. So I started the RDA when I was about eight or nine. Um, and before that, I was just trying out any riding school because we didn't have a pony at home. And my mum and dad didn't want to buy me one and then me find boys and be more interested in boys than horses. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to make sure that I was really dedicated to it. Um, so they didn't want to buy me a horse. So I was basically like just trying to find anything to ride and so they were taking me to riding schools and obviously the horses didn't really know what to do because of my disability and not being able to use my leg the riding instructors didn't really know what to do either and then it was from having uh, physiotherapy that my physio was like look why why don't you just go to the RDA and we had never heard of it obviously it was a long time ago like 20 years ago now and so the RDA wasn't as big as it is now and that's really what changed my life and you know being able to ride the ponies that actually understood what I wanted them to do and having the instructors that understood my disability um, it just kind of opened so many doors for me to realize that actually 
I, I could do this and this could actually be something serious for me to do for the rest of my life. And that's when I started watching the Sydney Games in 2000 and discovered Paralympic dressage. And as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> I think the RDA look much bigger than they actually are. Yeah. Um, and I think what's what's just so incredible, so fascinating is that they I, I'm such a believer for the RDA. I, I adore them. I think what they do is amazing and I actually wish that they had more support because you look at the RDA as a charity as a whole and there's one kind of governing body but when you go to the RDA centres they're just riding schools they're normal everyday riding schools with everyday owners that give lessons both to able-bodied children and to RDA children there's no extra government funding there's no extra money anywhere it's these riding schools and what I love is the owners of the riding schools that really want to help hence why they become an RDA centre as well Um, and I think that's what we don't get across enough is there isn't this like the British Horse Society or like you know FEI there isn't a a, a global body or a UK body for the RDA it's just local livery yards that say hey you know we've got some really safe horses and we've got great instructors that are prepared to learn so this I could rave on about it for ages Natasha Um, and the instructors (laughs) now are learning not just they already know how to teach riding um, but like you said it's a different way to ride your instructor didn't know how to teach you because you couldn't use your legs but also it's the psychology definitely so now what I'm finding really inspirational is the RDA instructors are learning how to deal with autism, how to deal with the psychology behind what you're living through every day. Yeah, absolutely. Do you find that? Definitely. And every single RDA centre that I've been to, I've been so passionate about giving people the opportunity to ride. And a lot of the riders that are there using the horses and using the facilities wouldn't normally get the chance to ride. And it's not just about competition riding Mm. but it's about the children and improving their social skills as well you know they can talk to horses where some of them can't speak to other people and giving them that freedom to be able to communicate in their own way and the horses don't judge them the horses just accept them for who they are and welcome them into their little world and the amount of help that that's given parents with autistic children or or children with social disabilities is just enormous and I wish that there was more opportunity for more people to be able to to have that and they put us to shame absolutely put us to shame able-bodied people because I've learned so much this year. One of the uh, one of the guys I've spoken to is Matthew Daly. Oh yeah, have you, have you met? I Matthew know Matthew. Daly? Yeah. I know he. Yeah, oh, just love him, um, and he's deaf. Yeah. So what I learned from Matthew is that I need to close my mouth a little bit more and my horse does not need to hear me going, hi, baby. How are you, baby? Walk on, baby. Trot on. You're doing really well. You know, he, I talk far too much because he hardly talks at all because he, he doesn't need to. Yeah. And he's jumping. He's a para jumper. And I'm, and I'm thinking, gosh, Matthew, you're so 
I mean, I, I feel sad that he's not going to be able to hear this. So I, I might subtitle it for him so that he can hear us talking <laughs> Great about idea. it. Yeah, but like, how brave to be to be riding, you know, jumping anyway, but also when you can't hear what's around you. And, and I find for each Paralympian, for each person that goes to RDA, for each disability, as you call it, as able-bodied people, we can learn a lot from how you work with the horses, how you move with the horses, how you communicate with the horses. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, what you were saying about learning not to talk so much, there's always a way away, like around things. And, you know, that's the beauty of riding. There is no one correct way. Every Everybody can do it their their own way and find a way to, to deal with things. And like I actually probably go the other way. And I talk to my horses quite a lot because I can't use my legs. So they're all voice activated, as I call it. Um, and so when I say trot, they know to trot. And I have little signals, tiny little noises. So I have a noise like for medium trot. And as soon as I make that noise... At a, like going onto a diagonal that they know that that diagonal is for medium trot or medium canter um, and you know I, I have those little signals and they don't have to be loud or anything but you know the amount of riders that I see that overuse their leg aids I'm like well I can't use mine at all and I still get my horse going forward mm. um, so it, you know there there is so much to learn and you know I love going and watching the Paralympics or watching just a normal para competition because I just find it so inspiring and I don't mean that to sound patronizing at all but you know I'm disabled as well but there's so many people out there that just find their way of riding and doing things that I just think it is absolutely mind-blowing how accepting horses are and how incredible people can ride. Mm. It's me. I'm totally with you. Um, I, I'm absolutely inspired every time. Um, how do you? Okay, so you were saying your medium trot is a is a ch- noise. Um, yeah. How do you get to that level? How do you get to the point where the horse knows that that's what you're asking him to do? Because a lot of it is training the horses to actually understand what the aid is in the beginning. And I, for one, that's what I struggle with is getting him understanding what I want in the first place. Yeah, so um, basically what I do is because I don't use my legs, I do carry a whip. And so I would give a little tap on the whip so they would know that I would want them to go more forward. And then I use my voice as well. And my trainer does the same. My trainer rides my horses twice a week for 20 minutes. So she would give the conventional aid. So she would start at the beginning when I first get a new horse. She would start by using her legs and she would also use her voice with that as well so she would use the noise um but when i'm riding and on the lunge as well whenever i want a horse to go more forward i go and then they start to very very quickly learn that that means forward and then with the medium trot all i've got to do is activate the engine more from behind so you half halt you do that noise so they sit and then they push off into the medium trot mm. thank you for that i'll uh, i'll be everywhere now <laughs> come on <laughs> i'm not sure he'd still listen but we'll give we'll give it a go uh, <laughs> um, the, the, 
the other question, the other the other thought is the strength that you have to have. So when a horse is moving forward and they are in contact, they're very strong and very powerful. And um, as an able-bodied, I, I struggle to hold them. I struggle with the strength. How do you keep keep hold of them? How do you keep hold of that strength? Where does the strength come from? Because one slight movement and they'll pull you over. Yeah, I'm, I think growing up, because I couldn't walk, I used to drag myself along using my upper body. So my upper body is actually ridiculously strong I always say that I've got man arms um so but obviously you're taught to have soft forearms uh, when you're riding you know you don't want to have a strong contact back with the horse and like, I, I like a bit of contact but I don't like them too light mm. I think that you just I hate the feeling of not having anything at the end of the bit you know but also I don't want them pulling my arms out either um so you know that's that's really about getting them active behind so they can carry their own weight but yeah I I definitely make sure I ride from my upper body like an able-bodied rider make sure I have soft hands soft forearms and carry the weight in my shoulders so let's talk about dressage then because that is your oh you know I want to go (laughs) (laughs) um the freestyle to music what does that feel like for you oh yeah it's my favorite (laughs) it's so weird actually because I actually got my new freestyle music for my new horse last night oh wow um yeah so it's like really really exciting I'm riding it for the first time today so I literally cannot wait but I think because obviously in the straight tests you just have to do what it says on on the sheet of paper you don't get any choice you don't get any flexibility whereas in a freestyle I obviously used to play the the violin and the piano I like to think of myself as slightly musical um although I didn't play the violin very well and yeah (laughs) my mum and dad that was not a good time for my mum and dad in their lives because all they could hear from my bedroom was screeching um but (laughs) anyway I I do like to think I am slightly musical so that is definitely my favorite part of dressage and I think you can play to your strengths you can play to your horse's strengths you can come up with a a routine that really works for you and then put beautiful music to it and Mm. you know I think everybody loves watching the freestyle events more so than the straight tests because they are all slightly different and I just think they're slightly more interesting Mm. they're creative you can be creative with it you can take everything that you've learned over the years all the different movements all the horses movements and I think it it really is a show and it's a show to demonstrate your partnership with your horse absolutely so tell us about your horses because they're so beautiful so I've got a new horse that came home in January Uh, she is pretty much so when I first it took me a year to find her pretty much Um, I lost my top horse JP at the beginning of 2017 to a bacterial infection Mm. which absolutely broke my heart it was literally the worst well 27 was just the worst year ever and yeah it was devastating um but you kind of just have to move on, don't you? And like, I still think of him every day. He's literally in the picture behind my head right oh. now. Um, but um, but yeah, he I miss him so much. And to try and find a horse to fill his big, big, big shoes. Like he won me 11 gold medals. Um, you know, it's so hard to replace somebody that I had such a close connection with. And 
So it took me a really long time and a few failed vettings. Um, and then I was emailing people in between Christmas and New Year. I messaged Emma from Mount St. John and just said, you know, do you have anything that might be suitable for me? Um, I'm aiming at WEG this year, the World Games, and obviously at Tokyo. And she came back with a, a horse that was slightly too young. And then a couple of hours later, she messaged me and she was like, I think I found one. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. <laughs> um, she's like, it, she's our top broodmare, so I would never sell her, but would you consider leasing? I was like, definitely, if she's the right one. Mm-hmm. So made the little trek up to Yorkshire and uh, we wanted a gelding, but obviously from Mount St. John, they're, they're mares, chestnut mare. Luckily, she doesn't live up to the typical chestnut mare kind <laughs> of stereotype. And she's called Diva, oh. just to you know, put the cherry on top. But she is absolutely to die for. And I've only had her a few months, but already... I can feel a connection like I had with JP and I never thought I would find another horse that I had that JP connection with. Um, she is so, so incredibly special. Um, and I, I just can't wait to, to start getting out there. I've done three competitions on her so far and I've won all three of them with really super percentages. So we're actually, thank you. We're actually going to Belgium next week. So I'm really excited for our first international. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Oh my gosh, so it's so exciting, really exciting times. New horse, new yeah. music. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> so that's really cool. And then I have another young horse who's amazing. Um, I bought him, well, Christian bought him, my owner. And Christian, I'm really lucky he owns JP and my other mare, Suki. Um, so I'm really lucky to have such a long standing sponsor and owner so he bought freddie for me uh, just after rio as kind of a long-term project he was only five and so he's seven this year and i haven't done a power competition with him yet he was very green when we bought him um he had no muscle 
but he was a very rough diamond. He had an incredible walk and a super trot that we could just see so much potential there. So he's actually gone to Christians. Uh, we dropped him off there last week. So he is going to be there for the next month or so while I'm busy competing diva um, and just doing lots of hacking and some schooling and everything while I'm busy and I can't give him the time that he needs. Mm. So I'm looking forward to getting him back. He's my snuggly bear. He is so cute. <laughs> I think there's a misconception with um, with the RDA horses that they just go around all day, every day. You know, they're just in the school, but they go hacking. They have normal, you know, exactly the same normal horse lives. It's just their personalities are safer, I'm presuming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I've never bought a horse that's been ridden by another para rider. Um, obviously, at the RDA, they're very specialist horses who are very, very safe to to be able to have new riders that have never ridden before. But some RDA centres do have competition horses as well. Um, but all of the performance horses that I've bought, none of them have ever been ridden by paras. But you can just see that other kind of sixth element if you like um something special that they possess that kind of just has that caring kind of attitude and yeah some i mean a bomb could go off next to freddie and he'd be like oh did something just happen <laughs> um whereas diva is you know she she's a top top competition horse and she there's definitely more about her um and you know she has spooked um and you know that's that's horses they're not machines and my other horse jp he was incredibly sharp um you know in rio i had to take him down to the warm-up an hour and a half before my time and he was just standing there taking it all in and i had to do every single arena walk because you know i nearly fell off of him before my first test in rio uh, because he did a massive spook down the long side and you know he he was incredibly sharp um but it was that relationship that I had with him that you know although he would do these big spooks I only fell off of him twice in eight years mm. um so he was incredibly caring and he would he would never do it on purpose and he was genuinely a scaredy cat <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing, um, and and it's sad. And you, I think you can, you can't ever compare your. You get one horse in a lifetime, and yeah. you can't ever compare that horse. No. But each, what I hope that you'll gain from Diva is a new relationship, and it, and it's probably Definitely. better that she's not a gelding because then you can't. It stops that comparison because if they're yeah. exactly the same, then you go, oh well, JP wouldn't have done this, or JP wouldn't have done that, and and actually it then. It it then stops your chances of growing a new relationship. Whilst yeah, absolutely. With Diva being quite different, you're you're more open to having a new relationship with her. Definitely, and you know, I've I, I always think that every single horse is an individual. It's like us as people. You know, every single one we we have our own personalities, we have our own quirks, we have things that make us tick. And riding wise, she is so different to JP, but character wise, I can see quite a few similarities which is really lovely and you know she she is such a special horse and she has I guess the the quality that they both possess is they both have an absolute heart of gold and they want to to work with me mm. and it's kind of like that it sounds really silly but it's like that love that you feel back from them like I love JP with all of my heart but I, I'm falling more and more in love with Diva every day and 
she obviously when it's a new partnership you you that grows every day and I really feel like I'm starting to feel that back from her now mm. and she like she whinnies at me when I go down like and she doesn't do that for anybody else and I, I kind of feel like we've got that special bond starting to come that I had with JP that I'm starting to get that now with her so yeah it's, it's really really exciting for the future. I can see it in your eyes. It's making me a little bit emotional. <laughs> I can see the love in your eyes that you have for her. And I'm going to yeah. have to say, Emma at Mount St. John, I'm sorry, but I don't think you're going to be breeding from Diva for a really long time. <laughs> well, no, we're doing embryo transfers. So, ah. yeah, all is good. So she'll still be a mummy, but just not know about being a mummy. <laughs> so, I, I know. Oh, I want to do me, this. Me too. Can they hand this like, over to humans, please? Yes, I know. Like, it would, I'm, I would carry on completely competing it would be not that I'm ready for kids FYI <laughs> but um but yeah when the time comes like oh, I need a surrogate mummy like diva <laughs> it would be perfect wouldn't it it would it would <laughs> but no we once we get back from Belgium um after like at the end of this month she's gonna go and uh to have a few embryos taken so she can carry on her breeding, which is really exciting. She's had two foals this year already, and they look absolutely beautiful. So mm. I'm going to have to arrange a time to go up to see Emma and to go and see the foals because I'm a real sucker for a foal. They look gorgeous. Oh, they'd be so lovely. And I know. And St. John horses are phenomenal. I mean, I know. it's just like black beauty in every colour, isn't it? <laughs> I know I do you know what? I feel so lucky and I just I literally if Emma does listen to this but I, I literally can't thank them enough for the opportunity that they've given me because at the beginning of this year after so many disasters with horse shopping and I normally love horse shopping but honestly this time I've had so many issues um to finally find Diva who is absolutely perfect for me but to to have Mount St John on my side is it's such an honor and I'm so so lucky to be part of their team so mm. I feel I feel like the luckiest girl in the world I really really do I'm thrilled for you Natasha now your your next your first international this year is yeah. coming up at Belgium um yeah. but some of the other team went to Deville in France and they've they did. been wiping the floor with everybody so yeah. Heather Bennett she did she win she won on the freestyle yeah yeah and yeah I thought she did because I think she came third one day and then she won yeah the, the, the next day on the freestyle and um Sophie Christensen they um she yeah. had a win as well on yeah, her she new had a horse trick. Harry yeah she did and Sophie Wells absolutely stormed it I mean she got like 77 in her in her straight test and over 80 in her freestyle I think she got like three pbs um so she, she had an amazing trip out there so yeah it's, it's so great and especially with the ones with new horses like Sophie Christensen it's so nice to see new partnerships coming through and you know hopefully we can have a really good year and show show the rest of the world what we're made of at WEG but we've got to get selected first <laughs> that's the hard <laughs> and bit is the selections so was that what was happening at Deville and at Belgium these are the selection yeah. processes yeah so we have uh, three competitions that we have to compete in so we had the winter championships uh, earlier this year I didn't have Diva in time to compete at those but most of the other riders did those and then we have uh, Wellington uh, which is kind of in with the Premier League in June uh, so we have to do 
do that. That's kind of like our semi-finals. Then we have Hartbury International, uh, which is the uh, the Festival of Dressage, which is the first week in July. Um, And then we have another international, Bishop Burton, which might be added to the mix as well. There was a few of us that were meant to be going out to Rusendal in Holland, but unfortunately that's got cancelled. So it's looking like there might not be another international that we can go to. So I'm I'm really, really glad that I put my name down to go to Belgium um, Mm. because I would like to have had the two abroad internationals really especially with a new horse you know you never know how they're going to travel how they're going to come out the other side so I'm really really glad that I got in with the chance and put my entry in early enough to go to to Belgium so yeah it's it's going to be quite an exciting year and there are so many new partnerships there's a few riders that have changed grades as well so Mm. that is also another element and it's going to be even harder this year because we've got to select a team of four as opposed to a team of five riders. Um, It was five that went to Rio. It was four that went to the Europeans last year, and it's going to be four again for the World Games. But this year, um, myself, Sophie Christensen, and Lee are back, whereas we all had a gap year last year. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it's going to be a really, really tough team to get selected for. Because everybody's doing so well. Yeah. It's it's like you all had that year because Heather Bennett had some time off because she yeah. needed another operation and I think Tia needed a bit of recovery. Um, and everybody has just gone, right, 2018, we are back with a bang. And like I said, wiping the floor with everybody. It's, yeah. it's just incredible. So I think it's going to be an exciting year to watch the para dressage and para yeah. teams this year. Definitely. Um, and so when, uh, oh, well... Can you? Can we hear the music? Are we allowed to hear the music? Or um, is this top secret until the games? No, you can. I don't know how I could get it so you can hear it because it's on my phone. Oh, um, is it? Yeah. Oh, don't worry. Just thought, oh, no, we don't want to ruin the surprise. Is, is Belgium live streamed? <laughs> it is live streamed, yes. Well, it has been so every we... other year, so I'm guessing it will be this year. Um, so it's actually called Quadrille. Uh, they have a Facebook page um, and they're online. So, yeah, I, uh, I can send you the link link and uh and yeah and we can definitely you can that watch would be along. Great. so then we can see we can see diva we can see her first yeah. international we can see hear your music yes which i can't wait to listen it's been to composed it. especially for her as well so it's a completely new original piece um tom hunt composed it and like i listened to it last night i got goosebumps I had a mm. massive lump in my throat and actually had a tear in my eye so like it is really emotive it's beautiful absolutely beautiful can't wait to hear it I just hope I don't cry coming down the center line (laughs) I did that in Rio and I forgot so I was because it was my last ever competition on JP and we decided that I was retiring him straight after um and uh, because I knew it was my last ever competition and I knew it'd be my last ever ride on him, I was doing my last walk, um, movement before I go down the centre line was my free walk on a long rain. And I was crying so much I forgot to pick my reins up uh, before oh. I went down the centre line. So I hope I don't do that again. <laughs> It hasn't kind of got that meaning, though. So uh, at least this is my first rather than my last. <laughs> yeah, but it could be relief. It could be relief and excitement that brings yeah. you to tears at the end Honestly, of this one. <laughs> I am such a crybaby. Like, the, the rest of the team will vouch for me. I cry at 
everything. I never used to be like this. I'm blaming it completely on my mum. But like there's Sophie Wells. We take the mickey out of each other because we are literally like chalk and cheese. We, we get on so, so well. And we've been really, really good friends growing up. But she's kind of hard as nails. Like she never cries. Um, and I cry at everything. The national anthem plays, I cry. <laughs> my friends win, I cry. Like, I literally, I cry at everything. Like waterproof mascara is definitely needed for me and international (laughs) it's the passion in you and it's the love for your sport and the excitement of what you do it's definitely emotional (laughs) i'm just Um, a blubbering mess most of the time oh it's it's lovely to see natasha it's so nice to see and and you really are an inspiration i'm sure you get told this all the time oh thank Um, you um, do you do you go to schools and things? I hear that you do talk sometimes. I do. Yes, I love that side of things. Um, I I try teaching, and I'm I'm no good at teaching at all. So I decide to kind of direct <laughs> my passion into going to schools and doing after dinner speeches and that kind of thing. Um, I love telling my story, and I love inspiring people. And I've always said that you know if I can inspire one child or one person to go and follow their dreams like I did then that's as good as me winning another gold medal that's so lovely and I think you do because I hear your name all over the place people (laughs) you know say Natasha Baker I want in fact loads of loads of listeners have sent sent me messages asking me to speak to you really Um, so thank you they'll be thrilled to be hearing your story that's really nice thank you I forgot to say that you've got an MBE Natasha (laughs) I have Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's so weird. Like, so, so surreal. <laughs> what was I that like for you when you got, did you get a call or did you have a letter? How does it, how does it work? So we had a letter uh, and we had to keep it quiet for a really long time. And I've got a really big mouth. So it was really hard <laughs> for me to keep a secret. I'm terrible at secrets. Like, I just want to tell the world, especially when it's good news like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I had to keep it quiet for a really long time. And then um, it was announced. So it was on the New Year's honours list. So it was actually announced day before my birthday which was really cool um and uh, and we had a big dinner with my closest friends and family at home when it was announced publicly and then I actually received my MBE on the 13th of February 2013 um, and you're allowed three other people to come with you so my nan came and my mum and my dad and I was the first out of all of the Olympians and Paralympians after London to have received my MBEs so that was wow. really special and I got the queen oh you got to meet the queen I got to meet the queen she gave me my MBE it was so it was probably the most surreal moment of my entire life um like it was it was so so strange and she she spoke to me for a really long time um and she was asking questions about how I found London and I think because she's horsey Mm. um, it came very naturally to her to ask all of the questions about my horse and everything and yeah it was it was really weird it was like talking to a posh version of your nan (laughs) she is like that isn't she she's the country's granny yeah (laughs) yeah she is she was amazing she's so tiny so so Mm. tiny I was so scared because they kind of teach you the protocol 
And so you have to walk up um, and then walk like two or three steps forward. And then she invites you to shake her hand and then she talks to you. And then you have to walk backwards. Now I can barely walk <laughs> forwards, let alone walking backwards. I was petrified that I was going to fall flat on my face and show my knickers off to the queen the first time I meet her (laughs) but luckily that didn't happen (laughs) so I kind of took one step side backwards and then like went off sideways so uh, yeah it was it was a very very surreal day Um, but I feel really lucky I've actually met the queen a few times since so I would be FFs now. (laughs) Really where did you meet her after that? So they had a reception at Buckingham Palace after Rio as well. And so I was in the lineup to meet all of the royals, which was amazing because I met, got to meet um, Prince William and Prince Harry and Prince Ka- uh, Princess Catherine. And yeah, it was just insane. Like oh, really crazy. Wow. Being in their house. And it's like it's like an afternoon tea party. Um, and, and I bet they I know. Are they- <laughs> are they more relaxed because they're in their home? I mean, what, yeah. what, what, were, what were the princes like and I Princess mean, Catherine? Oh, they were brilliant. They were so funny, especially Harry. You kind of expect that from him, don't you? But um, I hadn't met them. And uh, and so it was really, really nice for me to, to actually finally meet them. I'd been wanting to meet them for such a long time. Mm. Um, and yeah, they were exactly how you'd expect them. They, they're so relaxed. And although it's the very formal event obviously but it was they put you at ease and I was so nervous because I think it must be because of my surname but I was first in the lineup um so I literally as the royals walked past I was the first one that they saw and I was so scared like I was far more nervous then than going down the center line at a Paralympic Games like oh god yeah what were you afraid of because actually it should be the other way around they should be nervous to meet you because you've achieved so much so actually like (laughs) what what what, like you know okay yeah they're the royals and I love the royals but but what what's there to be nervous of they can't put you in prison for shaking a hand. Because I thought I would mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I didn't want to look like an idiot. Oh. <laughs> I thought, you know, it's mam, the same as jam. And yeah, you just, I, I didn't really? want to get it wrong. It's not mom. You oh, is it mom? Oh, no. Now, oh, now you've put, oh, <laughs> I don't know now. You better check before the I next can't time remember. you meet her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I will. Definitely. <laughs> no, I think you're right. It is mom, isn't it? Alexa, is it is it mom? Yeah, mom, mom yeah. instead of ha- instead of mom. jam, mam like jam. Yeah, or ham. Oh, who knows? To be honest, they don't they don't really mind if you get it too wrong. Really, no. like it, it's, they've got to know fine, that we're commoners. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're <pretty> human. <laughs> <laughs> we all <Especially>. make mistakes. <laughs> Well, but yeah, um, no, it was really strange. And then I actually went another time um, to the coronation festival. This is actually quite a funny story. I was on my scooter, who is called Jordan, because she's bright pink. But anyway, I was going down one of the little pathways in uh, her garden, and my scooter goes a full six miles an hour. And <laughs> they came up, but this guy came up behind me and tapped me on the shoulder and was like, excuse me, um, does your scooter go any faster? So I was like, I'm really sorry, I'm maxed out. And, uh, and I was like, is everything okay? And he was like, yeah, no, it's fine. It's just that the queen's following you in her golf buggy and wants to get past. <laughs> so I was like oh okay so I had to stop and let the queen go past on her little golf buggy oh (laughs) 
You should have caught a lift with her, Natasha. I know, just hang well, on to the end. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that just amazing? So from that little 10-year-old girl that had a dream of being a, you know, Paralympian to um, winning gold medals, having tea with the Queen, meeting the whole royal family and being awarded an MBE. Uh, it's just amazing. Amazing. So I'm weird. So, so it's, weird. No, it's amazing. Not weird, Natasha. <laughs> amazing. And you've worked so hard for it. So you absolutely deserve it. And, um, yeah. and I'm just completely Thank excited you. for you for this year. Thank well, you. Well, I'm going to let you go because I know that you have lots of training to do and uh, Diva's ready for some cuddles and some carrots and a bit of training she time. She is. She's so greedy. She could literally eat a whole bag of carrots at a time, honestly. <laughs> she's a she's a true baker, I'm saying. <laughs> maybe not with carrots, but more chocolate, maybe. <laughs> Notice that your, uh, your other half, he left as well at the point that we were talking about babies. That was quite, you know, <laughs> coincidental. <laughs> he did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he gets a bit scared. And <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining us today. Your Twitter handles and your social handles. How can we follow you? So all of my social handles are at nbakerpararider. Um, so that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, I'm I'm not amazing at Twitter. I will try and be better. <laughs> I promise. But but Instagram and Facebook are always updated. Um, but yeah, at nbakerpararider. It's okay. Horse hours on everything. So whatever Perfect. platform you use, just hashtag horse hour. We'd love to see some behind the scenes. Yes. Thanks, Natasha. Thank you you. so much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As always, you can catch up with previous episodes of the Horse Hour podcast on our website. Just head to horsehour.co.uk. And of course, you can listen on Acast, on Stitcher, on Player FM. And very shortly, you will be able to hear the Horse Hour podcast on the Amazon Echo and the Alexa as well. So you can just sit in your lounge and say, hey, Alexa, play the Horse Hour podcast. And the latest episode will be playing straight away. So I'm really excited about this i hope you've had a great bank holiday weekend playing with your ponies maybe you managed to get in a few rides and how did you find the traumatic thunderstorms oh my goodness i hate them i mean there's so many flies around and other horses okay and worrying all the time tell us all about your weekend on horse hour tonight on twitter just use hashtag horse hour tag us in your photos and your videos and on instagram and facebook too i hope you have a really good time in the networking hour tonight and have a great week with your horse and I'll speak to you next week. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag Horse Hour. Follow Amy at amystevenson1 and subscribe to us on Acast, iTunes, Stitcher and Player FM. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.